0: Once upon a time, in an old spooky town called Philadelphia, there were two comedians obsessed with the paranormal. They decided to shine light on unexplained stories and give a platform to others with equally strange tales. If you love ghosts, vampires, and jokes about haunted mushrooms, then Real Chills is the podcast for you. Tune in to hear hosts Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski share their and other stories of truly unexplainable occurrences. You can find Real Chills anywhere podcasts are streaming. And if you or someone you know has a story of their own, reach out at realchillspodcast.com. Real spooky, real scary, Real Chills Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that raises the sitcoms that raised us. Today's show, The Golden Girls, Thank Season 4, Episode friend. 20, High Anxiety. And Tried our guest, comedian and cheesecake cake. enthusiast, Steve Bickle. And we true. are talking sick Love Love American Style was a rom-com anthology series that ran from 1969 to 1974 with a brief revival in the mid-80s. As we see in the opening credits, notable names such as Burt Reynolds and Kurt Russell would drop by, but it's who's behind the scenes that starts our story. Uh, Steve, are you familiar with Amer- Love American Style
1: at all? Uh, I, I. Is it the show that was like? Was it like vignettes?
0: Yeah, it was like yeah. I said, a bunch of they had like a repertory players and obviously a lot of guest stars. Yeah, uh,
1: and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to ruin any of your, uh, you know, uh, any of your research. So ruin, I mean, ruin, please. I believe that Susan Harris, the creator of The Golden Girls basically got her start on this show she wrote a couple uh 10 minute pieces or something like that and then later wrote uh, a bunch more at some point
0: very good uh you knew uh now notably gary marshall uh was a big factor on love american style and he would use it to introduce the cunningham family as a de facto pilot for happy days
1: he also because she was an unknown i believe he told them uh if they didn't like what she wrote, he would then write write it for them So it was sort of like an incentive Like, hey, just give her a shot And if you don't like it, uh, I'll jump in And I'll write the parts for you
0: Yeah, um, so I pretty much say this on every show But it's true Everything kind of does center around happy days And Gary Marshall specifically
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with that No,
0: no, nothing at all But we always come back to that Now actually a few years before Happy Days Gary Marshall would pen an episode of a TV adaptation Of Neil Simon's play Barefoot in the Park Mm -hmm. There was also at least one other writer Who'd worked on both Barefoot in the Park and Love American Style As you alluded to Golden Girls creator Susan Harris Uh, Notably Susan Harris had also previously written Three episodes of The Partridge Family Now, also about this time, Paul Younger-Witt and Tony Thomas, son of the legendary Danny Thomas, would meet as producers on the now classic made-for-TV movie, Brian's Song. Uh, Steve, have you ever seen Brian's Song?
1: Uh, Yeah, I saw Brian's Song, I think, when I was a a kid or maybe a teenager. I I might have seen it a couple times. Uh, You know, it's uh, it's, 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 it's something.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely never seen it. Uh, I may have seen clips. I, it's one of those things I've just seen referenced and parodied more than anything. I think.
1: Yeah, it was like the time when they were like, you know, the the network was like, "Hey, look, black and white people can be friends with one another. Isn't that, isn't that amazing?"
0: Which is, which at the time was amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: it, it really. Uh, yeah. it It's it's a, it comes off as like you know a tearjerker and a little hokey yes. now, but at the time there just really wasn't much on TV like that.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it it was it was very schmaltzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, very schmaltzy. A young uh, James Caan, I yep. believe.
0: Yep. Yeah. And Billy D. Williams. Billy Dale Sayers. Yeah. Uh So, Paul Youngerwit had also served as a producer on The Partridge Family. Susan Harris, meanwhile, would write or develop the story for three episodes of All in the Family and four episodes of its spinoff Maud, starring B. Arthur. Now, of the episodes she worked on of All in the Family, I don't think any of them actually featured Maude, uh, which is, you no, know. But
1: um, funny tidbit about that is uh, she, so she wrote those three episodes. She was uh, never, uh, I believe she was never in the writer's room, never met the cast, never, uh, you know, she just kind of. And that that really uh, kind of highlight is a highlight point of her career. She is not, you know, obviously not a fan of writer rooms which uh, I, mean, I
0: really i really admire the hell out of it. i admire
1: that too i was telling that who was i was telling that to i believe my wife and she kind of gave me like this face i'm like i'm all about that i don't think you need 15 people bouncing jokes off one another for a 22 minute sitcom i mean i really don't i mean maybe i mean when you're doing like you know game of thrones and things like that mm-hmm. i could see you know some of like the things get a little confusing but she uh i really do respect that yeah she i don't think she well she had a young child at the time so i don't think she she, she could even do it even if she wanted to. But, yeah, she just wrote them at home, sent them in, and uh, they filmed them.
0: Now, I don't know if the young child you're referring to is the same one I'm thinking of who would grow up to be a noted author, somewhat controversial figure, Sam Harris. Yes. Uh, that guy, uh, we'll get into more about him later. Uh, <laughs> took a bit of a different path. Uh, now, Harris's first series that she would create would be Faye. Debuting in 1975 and starring Lee Grant as a divorced woman woman beginning to date again. Here is a promo for Faye.
1: And the laughs don't stop after dinner either, because that's when we meet Faye. Faye, played by the very talented Lee Grant, is a gal in her 40s whose marriage is broken up. Now she's trying to carve a new life for herself. That's not always easy, but when it's Faye, it's always funny. Thank
0: you. Thank you for the wonderful weekend it
1: was like special it was
0: special seems hilarious uh i know uh you know uh comedy is a timely matter nothing about that seemed particularly funny and uh america would agree as Faye would last only 12 episodes yeah. however more importantly it would mark the beginning of susan harris's professional relationship with the new, with the newly formed wit thomas productions uh When I was writing this up and I caught it right before we started recording, I had to edit it. I wrote Lee Thomas and not Lee Grant. And I know that might be because I keep writing the name Tony Thomas, but I also like to think it's because I'm thinking of the Phillies general manager, Lee Thomas from the early nineties.
1: Yeah. I like to think of that too.
0: Uh, We all do. (laughs) Uh, So now the newly formed Wit Thomas Harris group would next produce loves me, loves me not starring the Partridge family, Susan Day, lasting only six episodes, and then their most successful venture to date, the primetime drama spoof, Soap, starring Katherine Hellman of Who's the Boss, Richard Mulligan, who'd appear in The Golden Girls and its spin-off Empty Nest, Billy Crystal, and Robert Guillaume, who'd get his own spin-off of Soap, Benson. Uh, I'm not going to put a clip of Soap in here because I feel like I am going to cover it at some point. Uh, soap is one thing that I've never actually watched. Steve, how about you?
1: Uh, when I was a kid, I watched the, I, I guess it would be like a Nick at Night thing. I've yeah. se- I've seen a lot of episodes of it, but because it was kind of shot like a soap opera, like it, right. it, you know, there was no like, there. it got real wacky with storyline. I like Soap, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, Soap was groundbreaking in one. I don't think anybody's ever tried to do that again as far, I mean, I guess well, Arrested I- Development was a little, and there's actually, a tie between Arrested Development and, and uh, Susan Harris. So um cuz the writer of reversal development i think wrote several golden herbert yes and um but yeah i mean as far as what what will you'll probably get into is everything that she touched was was groundbreaking in a way because they dealt with topics that nobody else was dealing with and especially so with you know just, you know, have Billy Crystal playing a gay character and things like that. I mean, you know, they dealt. She she was definitely on the forefront. I mean, she brought in, you know, so much when it came to. uh, And, and it's funny because they did that stuff. And then you wouldn't see that stuff again, like topics like that for many, many years. And then it, it's 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 kind of like when you look back on some of those episodes, you're like, even the Golden Girls, you're like, wow, they were really touching on topics that you're like, they didn't touch on again until early 2000.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that no one had tried to do the parody thing for a while. Uh, I actually covered this on my designing women episode with, uh, Nicole Yates right around the time that soap had ended. So, uh, a woman named Linda Bloodworth Thomason, who would create designing women, she mm-hmm. wrote on soap and she would then try her own version called filthy rich. Actually. She? Yeah, she did write on soap. Uh, she'd create a show called filthy rich, uh, starring Delta Burke and Dixie Carter and Nedra Voles of, uh, Of different strokes fame uh, That lasted for I think
1: Two seasons
0: uh, But did not really do much otherwise So yeah I think people had been Soaked out by that point
1: Yeah plus I think Delta Burke was on everybody's Shit list at some point
0: Well, Well see
1: I think not yet Though Although, you uh, know, no, yeah, Hollywood they, wasn't
0: big on her because they thought she was just a beauty queen at the time.
1: Well, I mean, uh, if it was after Designing Women, then they definitely... No, were. this was before Designing Women. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah I never, yeah, this I never that. the show. Yeah, okay. this was
0: in between the time that Delta Burke worked as an assistant on the Bows of the Clown show in Florida uh-huh. and, and uh, when she was cast on Designing Women. That okay. That 35-year gap. Um, hmm. I'm assuming. I don't know. Is if Delta
1: Burke I'm dead not, not to get off on a tangent? No, she's alive and well. Oh, good. I mean, she's alive. I mean, I don't know if any of us are well right now. I was was worried, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, So Susan Harris and Paul Younger Witt would marry in 1983, and two years later would give birth, along with Tony Thomas, to the Golden Girls. Now, this writing staff could be considered a modern year show of shows based on what they went on to do individually. Here's just a few names, and we'll start with the one you mentioned. Mitch Hurwitz, who would create Arrested Development. Mark Cherry, who created Desperate Housewives. Winifred Hervey, who served as executive producer on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, In the House, and the Steve Harvey Show. Christopher Lloyd, not that one, the other one. Modern Uh, Family. Yep, who executive produced and created Modern Family and produced Frasier, and the list goes on. Winifred Hervey, by the way, also wrote for the Gary Marshall series Laverne and Shirley and Morgan Mindy. Uh, Now, the cast, I think it's time to get into that. Uh, give me one second. This is where I'm going to edit something just to do. Okay, just had to make sure all the cats are good. Okay, where was I? Uh, now, the cast. B. Arthur, who played the level headed Dorothy Zabornak, had been a regular presence almost since the inception of television, starting with Kraft Television Theater and the legendary Caesar's Hour. Uh, it's crazy to think that someone had that long of a career. Basically, uh, because Rue McClanahan goes back that far too, and obviously Betty White, uh, that people could be around at the beginning, the inception of an entire medium, and not really, you know, have their major breakthrough most known for role until they're well into their, you know, later years.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, is you got to think at definitely different time. B. Arthur probably, let's say B. Arthur was born... 30 40 years later she probably wouldn't even have been a famous actress i mean she just they don't a lot of the character actors that we're used to from like these shows that were character actors or even famous actors i mean they don't look like that now mm-hmm. um you know I, I see i mean there's people that you know that you see in, in these old shows and everything that are absolutely fantastic and i always i'm like they would never be hired today just no uh,
0: me and Naeem talked about that in an episode of step by step that we watched uh there's TV ugly and there's real person ugly. You know, even TV ugly is just like a normal 15 on the scale of so 1 to 10.
1: Would you say we're TV ugly?
0: <laughs> oh, no, we're TV gorgeous, you and I. Uh, we're
1: podcast I, I say,
0: gorgeous. I, Yeah, I'd say we're podcast, we're video podcast passable. Uh, <laughs> and that's both of us.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so one of the writers of Caesar's Hour, Mel Brooks, would cast Arthur in an uncredited cameo nearly 30 years later in History of the World, Part One.
1: Occupation. Stand up, philosopher. What? Stand up, philosopher. I coalesce the vapor of human experience into a viable and logical comprehension. Oh, a bullshit artist. Uh, Steve,
0: have you ever seen History of the World Part One? Yes, of course. It's probably the first Mel Brooks movie I ever saw, and to this day, it—I mean, honestly, it's not as funny. It doesn't hit me the way it did when I was 12 years old, obviously. Uh, but holy shit, it's so funny!
1: It is, yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of his, a lot of his movies, like you just said, it's—they're not as funny as when you were younger. But like, just the nostalgia factor, uh, and I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan, so. I mean, that's about as shitting on Mel Brooks as you'll get
0: from him. Oh, there. yeah, absolutely. The guy's a genius. And, yeah. I mean, there's a handful of people that can touch what he's done in comedy. And, and one, one of, just died. So. Exactly. Yeah. One was his best friend. Yeah. Uh, so, which I'm still working on my Tribute to Carl Reiner episode. And, holy shit, it's a mountain to get through. Oh, God. Reading that'd... three of his books and just combing through interviews and interviews. So, it might end up being a two-parter. Uh, next up, Estelle Getty, one year younger than B. Arthur, would play her mother, Sophia Petrillo. In fact, when Golden Girls began in 1985, Getty was actually 62, playing a woman in her 80s. Uh, she used a lot of wigs, prosthetics, makeup to make herself look that old. And if you ever see like publicity shoots or uh, the promo photos that that float around, mm-hmm. you can tell that she's not in full makeup, and it's a well, little she, unnerving.
1: She also—I uh, don't know if you know this—she pissed off the uh, makeup department because between seasons one and two. She got a facelift, so I did not know that. Yeah, so it made it doubly hard making her look like an old woman because she comes back, I think, after you know, like summer break, whatever, and she went and got a facelift, and they were like, you know, they had to now they had to really amp up their game to make her look even older than she was because yeah, I, I I saw that recently that yeah she uh, she 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 had gotten a facelift. Another another quote I I saw about her recently is you know I watch a lot of the Golden Girls. And she she was on I forget what what's the thing where like they preserve television or
0: the like the Paley Center or something like that. One of those. And she did yeah. an
1: interview for them. And they were talking about like her biting humor and everything like that, what she was known for. And she said uh, there was like a quote where she said, yeah, but I made it sure that the writers, you know, never made me mean to people, you know, never had like fat jokes. this joke, That's a that. great point. But here's the thing. There's an episode, you know, when, when uh you know the episode when uh Blanche's daughter comes comes back and she yes. used to be a model and yeah. she's heavy? Sophia rails off for ten minutes, nothing but fat jokes. What season was this? Do you remember? Uh it probably two, I wanna say two or three. Okay, so let's so let's say strange uh, daughter first
0: Yeah. Let's give Estelle some, some, some benefit of the doubt and say that maybe she didn't feel she had the clout yet. Maybe she was still on the rocks after the facelift incident and didn't want to push it too much. And then maybe by season five, six, seven, she was clearly on the right side of history.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll cut her some slack, fine.
0: <laughs> listen, she's dead. We can't, uh, we can't cancel her post-death.
1: Uh, she <laughs> was alive kidding. for a long time. No, I would never. None of them will be cancelled.
0: Never. Uh so it was actually a role in Harvey Firestein's Broadway production of Torch Song Trilogy that yes. led the producers of Golden Girls to cast her as Sophia. Uh Steve, how many times have you seen the production Torch Song Trilogy?
1: Well, I know it's about four and a half hours long. I do know I do know the show. I am a Harvey Firestein fan. I have seen the movie.
0: Uh, I didn't realize I did it was not. A-
1: I didn't know Estelle Getty was uh, was in that was in that production.
0: Yeah, uh, it was a role in the for Tony her.
1: for that for best play. Wow! Holy shit! Come on, man I, I got I got it for days. We can go Harvey Firestein. We could whatever you want to do.
0: Listen on uh, on stage talk on exit stage left on that podcast. We can do that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Has he ever made? I mean, any cameos he's made on TV? It's pretty much been as. Harvey Firestein, so I'm sure he'll come up somewhere on one of these episodes. Yeah. He's a hard personality to cloak in a character.
1: He's yeah, I mean, yeah, Fierstein. he, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, well, Hairspray, but...
0: Right, that's, well, that's well near, like a TV um,
1: show, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so next up is Rue McClanahan, cast as the horny-as-hell Blanche Devereaux, who also had an extensive history in television. After guest starring on an episode of All in the Family, in which she played one half of a swinging couple, she'd be cast alongside B. Arthur in Maud as best friend Vivian Cavender Harmon. Uh, do you, I actually remember the episode of All in the Family that she was on. Uh, she was kind of like the, the, the woman of the week or the person of the week who would make Archie uncomfortable. Um, it doesn't quite rank up there with the time that Roseanne's mom was hitting on Archie, because uh, there was an episode where that happened. Uh, but it was pretty memorable Are you an all-in-the-family
1: fan? Uh, I, I am an all-in-the-family fan I don't remember that episode But I'm sure I've seen it
0: Yeah, definitely have uh, It's in rotation uh, In between Maud and the Golden Girls McClanahan appeared on the Mary Tyler Moore off, Lou Grant The MASH spin off, Trapper John M.D. Fantasy Island and New Heart Before landing the recurring role of Aunt Fran Crowley On Mama's Family now, I will proudly say Mama's Family is a show I've never had any interest in watching.
1: I hate that show. Thank you. Vicky Lawrence, for show. some
0: reason. It's, I don't know. It's, it's something about the wig she wears or just something about it?
1: I don't know. Who, who's the stand-up that does all the uh, – Jeff Dunham? Is it Dunham?
0: Yeah, the puppets?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It's like it, – it, Yeah. There's something uncomfortable about it. There's something that's like – I never liked that show. I never liked those characters. Uh, yeah, I was not. And I've seen the show – because it, you know, it was just always on. It was another it Naked noted like, Yeah, like Hogan's Heroes, then Mama's Family. But uh, yeah, no, I never liked that show.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm glad it's not on anymore, uh, 30 years later. Um, <laughs> and then we come to Betty White as the sweet and somewhat simple Rose Nyland. Now, Betty White was actually the first woman to produce a television sitcom, Life with Elizabeth, in which she also starred. The series ran from 1953 to 1955, and let's take
1: a quick look at the intro. Betty White in Life with Elizabeth, featuring Del Moore.
0: Um, Okay, so there was less to Del Moore than it seemed. I looked him up. Nothing too notable beyond this show. Uh, Obviously it's very noteworthy that this was the first series or sitcom ever produced by a woman, and she also starred in it. Uh, So she kind of preceded Mary Tyler Moore by about 20 years, uh, which obviously she would appear on. Um, Incidentally, the voice you heard is announcer Jack Nars, who would host the quiz show Dotto in 1958, which got embroiled in the quiz show scandals of the fifties. The show was canceled, but subsequently cleared of any corruption. Uh, do you do you ever see the show uh, the movie Quiz Show, Steve? Yeah, of course. That's a good. That's one of those ones that is that John Totoro is
1: he? Yeah, John Totoro plays yes. Uh, yes. the 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 one who basically ratted them all out and it's re finds. Yes. Ray Fines, yes. And, um, who plays? I always
0: get the Totoros uh, mixed up. You know, there there's
1: how they they don't even look like their brothers. There's just there's just
0: them and there's like Aida Totoro or something. There's a, a lot of Totoros, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, a, yeah. I, the, I just need them
0: all tethered to each other at one time so I can tell them apart.
1: Well, yeah, just always think uh, The Big Lebowski because that's one of the greatest roles. No, that's, um...
0: You're thinking of Jeff Bridges.
1: John Turturro's in The Big Lebowski. He plays Jesus.
0: Tara Reed, She's in that.
1: (laughs) It's John Turturro. (laughs) He's the the one that... The the Jesus, you don't
0: fuck with the Jesus, right? Yeah, get the fuck out. Uh... Where was I? Uh, Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White, meanwhile, became the first lady of game shows, appearing on everything from Password to Match Game to the $25,000 pyramid. We don't have the time to go over all of Betty White's accomplishments, no. so let's just jump to her most notable accomplishment.
1: Al loves a mystery, <laughs> starring in alphabetical order, Al. From our house, Shannon Doherty. From St. Elsewhere, Stephen Burst. From Al, Benji Gregory. From 227, Jack A. Jack From Knight. Valerie's family, Danny Fonsi. From Flags to Riches, Douglas Seal. From the Golden Girls,
0: Betty White. Mary Wicks. From- yeah, what so... What the hell is uh, that? Steve, if ever you are uh, hit with the Quizzo uh, trivia bonus round answer or uh, question, uh what monumental TV moment united Shannon Doherty, Betty White and Jack. Hey, you now <laughs> know the answer.
1: Alf love, Is that a re- was that like a real thing that went on for a while?
0: I think that was a one-off special.
1: Was that during Alf after Alf?
0: I want to say based on the time and the shows that were on, I'm going to say during Alf.
1: Wow. Did you see that when that came out?
0: No. Um, no, I actually did not know that this existed. Uh, <laughs> Most of what I'm a fan of that's not Alf main is uh, the cartoon spinoffs and the uh, direct to video stuff. Like there's so, Alf Fairy Tales and. Uh, a so lot you're
1: of- assuming that this might not be Alf canon.
0: Um, I don't think anything that happened here. Like I'm, I'm assuming what happens is uh, Shannon Doherty probably gets murdered, or actually uh-huh. it's probably the kid Benji from Alf. Uh, who gets murdered, and then Alf has to solve the mystery, and I'm guessing that that's probably not canon in the Alphaverse.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: so before working with Alf, Betty White played Sue Ann Nivens in 45 episodes of The Mary Tyler Moore Show, winning two Emmy Awards for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series in 1975 and 1976. She would also win an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series in 1986 for a portrayal of Rose Nyland. Her first Emmy, though, would come in 1983 for Outstanding Host or Hostess in a Game or Audience Participation Show for her hosting work on Just Men, which was based on every comedy open mic. Um, Steve, I do you remember a game show called Just Men? Now, this is a little bit before our time. This is early 80s. Uh, I don't think this lasted that long.
1: Uh, no, I don't, but Uh, I do know that Betty White was in a pornographic film at one point. Called Just Men. No, no. No. Just Men
0: and Buddy White.
1: No, Betty White goes all black. And, um, I've seen it. And, uh, it's, uh, what's that? Good stuff? No, it is. I'll tell you what, she really brings, she really brings it to everything that she does.
0: Yeah, I mean, she, she, she gives it her all. She, she, she commits, uh, which is really yeah. what you want in any medium.
1: And I mean those four guys, I mean by the end of the scene they they really seemed like they were they were into it and everybody was having a good time. It looked like a great set.
0: Hmm. Fun, you uh, bet they they probably played uh pranks on the set. Kept it lighthearted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hit hit each other's sandwiches and whatnot. Uh So anyway, Betty White is a pioneer in television, uh, and she was the first woman to win that Emmy Award. Uh, Golden Girls would run for seven seasons, airing 177 episodes, in which all four principal cast members appeared. Uh, Obviously, that's a rarity. What's extra rare is that it was nominated for countless Emmys. It would win four awards in 1986, including Betty White's lead actress, Estelle Getty for supporting actress, and the show itself for outstanding comedy series. In fact... Each of the four stars received an Emmy Award, making it one of only three sitcoms to achieve this feat. Uh, Steve, if I had to pose it to you, what the other two sitcoms are in which each of its four stars or four principal cast members won an Emmy Award, do you think you could name them or what they are and who that was?
1: How many shows is it?
0: There's only three shows that have done it. Golden Girls is one. Can you name Uh, the other two?
1: uh, Modern Family? No. Damn, I'm out already. Well
0: I shouldn't say no I did research there's nowhere to easily look this up But I went to the Emmys uh, web, Website and I mean obviously There's a few shows you have to consider That it'd be a show with a uh, uh, A large cast Can't even think of the name uh, For that uh, show the large cast Won and that ran for many years So that each of them would be able to win it Considering they'd probably be going up against each other So to me that kind of limits it to say Like a Seinfeld was my first thought No believe it or not Kramer won uh, several times Michael Richards uh, but not Jerry I believe Julie Louis-Dreyfus did but uh, not Jason Alexander either Uh, the two shows that I can tell that definitely had four actors from their main cast win uh, Emmy Awards in their categories are Cheers with Ted Danson, Kirstie Alley Woody Harrelson and Rhea Perlman and then there's MASH with Alan Alda, McLean Stevenson, Loretta Swit and Gary Berghoff
1: yeah so, but my whole thing with Cheers is, can you really say? I mean, you're saying the the main cast all won. I mean, I I, I would think George Went was a main cast member of Cheers. Oh, sure,
0: sure. No, no, no. To have four of its main cast oh, members, four. not I, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, not everyone choose. from the main cast. Yeah, uh, that okay. would be an insane accomplishment. Although I would, uh, when I do cover Cheers, which I'm doing soon. Are you sure, um,
1: Madden Family didn't didn't have that. I thought have, they all won one.
0: Do you think? I mean, I don't think all of them won one. Well, I'll look that up uh, yeah, while we're watching. Yeah. Double uh, check, double check, check. I'm zoning out. Uh, like I said, I could be wrong. Uh, some notable guest stars, uh, and this is obviously a partial list, uh, uh, on the Golden Girls, you have obviously two of her uh, bows, Dick Van Dyke and Jerry Orbach. You have Mickey Rooney, Bob Hope, Jeffrey Tambor, Don Amici, Ruby Dee, Cesar Romero, Alan King, Martin Mull, our own Don Moreira, Leslie Nielsen, George Clooney, and Maria Lopez. Uh, Steve, of all those people, who do you think I've spent the night before Thanksgiving with at uh, the Chickies and Pete's in South Philly?
1: Um, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with uh, probably Don Marrero.
0: Mickey Rooney, actually, and may he continue to burn in hell for stiffing me on the crab fries. No, Dom Herrera, obviously.
1: That was going to be my, I was going to say Bob Hope, it was
0: either Bob (laughs) Hope or Dom Herrera. No, I got pissed at Hope when I realized he didn't write his own bits. Um, So the Golden Girls would be followed by the Golden Palace in 1992, in which the gals run a hotel. Yeah, it was... Kind of after MASH-ish. That,
1: that was like below Susan Harris. I don't know what they must have talked I, her into that.
0: Yeah, well, as we'll get into Susan Harris wasn't super active writing and producing on the Golden Girls itself because yeah. uh, she came down with something, but I'll get into that towards the end. Yeah. So, had, uh, so I think she might be absolved of, of, of the Golden Palace.
1: Family. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't mention that uh, Rue McClanahan and Betty White were actually, their roles were switched at the last minute.
0: I did not find that in my research, no.
1: Betty White was actually supposed to be Blanche, but they were worried last minute that because of her role on Mary Tyler Moore, they're like, look, she already played like the Itzy. promiscuous role. Mm-hmm. And Rue McClanahan was supposed to be Rose. And then last, literally, like, I think right before taping the pilot, they, they went to them and they were like, do you mind switching? And neither of them mind it uh switching and there you go. But it was supposed to be the other way around. And they were hired yeah. for for those that, parts. Those so. specific
0: roles. It's crazy to think that they can just turn it on and off like that soon before they shoot the pilot, you know?
1: Yeah. Well for I these mean, roles they're...
0: they prepared for. But I guess that's what being a professional is. Yes. And I will never know that.
1: That's why we don't understand it. Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: so like I said in the Golden Palace, uh the gals run a hotel bringing back the entire main cast except for B. Arthur, whose character Dorothy Zabornak had married at that point, but did appear in two episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. It would also
0: introduce Don Cheadle as Roland mm-hmm. Wilson and feature Cheech Martin, Cheech Marin as Chewie Castillos. Uh, it would run for just one season, airing 24 episodes. Successfully spun off of The Golden Girls, however, would be Empty Nest, debuting yes. in 1988 and starring Richard Mulligan as Dr. Harry Weston, neighbor to the girls, as well as his daughters, Barbara and Carol, uh, Steve, you let out an audible. Yes. When I mentioned the name, you mm-hmm. gave it up for empty nest. Uh, do you, you enjoyed empty nest?
1: I did. I, 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 have not had a chance as, as an adult to rewatch it, but when I was a kid, uh, I mean, I watched, I loved it. I, 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 I always, I mean, me and my sister, the whole thing with, even with golden girls, it goes all the way back to my parents would go out every, uh, Saturday to swing and um, no, they
0: didn't do. <laughs> <Damn> and <laughs> Rue McClanahan.
1: No, but they went out. At, they went out every Saturday with friends. You know, go to dinner and stuff like that. And uh, me and my sister always. That was our. That was our Saturday watching. Uh, watching Golden Girls, watching Empty Nest, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But uh, yeah, I love
0: the dog. The dog on Empty Nest. it was a bear, right? Yeah. In my mind, I thought it was a Beethoven dog, but then I looked it up because it came up in another episode. It was not. It was not a Beethoven, but still what a very sizable walking? animal.
1: You know, uh, was it like a marmuke or whatever they're called? I or? think
0: it was like a marmaduke or
1: something. Marmaduke. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe it was a marmaduke Great Dane, one, one of those uh, giant like uh, Himalayan, uh, like whatever things that are an affront to God and man.
1: The that Bonobo just of them. Wanted-
0: Sure, yes. It was an abominable snowman, and it just terrorized the Westons as the doctor tried to kill it. It was more, the show really took on a Frankenstein vibe in the later years.
1: You know, Mulligan, he was like married like seven times or something like that in the last... I believe that. I think he was like, right before he died, he was like in his 70s or something, and he married a porn star. Good for him. Betty White? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: That's He's, good. I knew she was married a few times, so at least they both got it in before before he got it
1: out. Well, Ru McClanahan was married literally like eight times.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, can you blame her? She got to throw that whap around. <laughs> that whap. Uh, hopefully, by the time this airs, that's still not a uh, that's a dated reference already. <laughs> uh, use it as best I could. Uh, so, Estelle Getty would appear in 52 episodes of Empty Nest, with Betty White appearing in three and B. Arthur and Rue McClanahan each appearing in one. Empty Nest itself would spin off into the series Nurses, which was created by Susan Harris and ran for three seasons until 1994, giving Susan Harris an impressive combined run of 18 seasons worth of sitcoms running either concurrently or simultaneously. Yeah. Now, I don't, I remember Nurses as a spin off. Um, that was one that missed me. I was a big fan of empty nest nurses. I didn't give a shit about,
1: I I barely remember it. I I know, you know, obviously the, the main, one of the main characters from empty nest, you know, the, with the weird voice. I don't know the actress's name. Uh, park overall. Is that, was that her name? The nurse. Yeah. Laverne. Yeah. So yeah, that was like her show.
0: Yes. And I really enjoyed her on empty nest, but I just could Mm -hmm. not make the journey to follow her to, uh, to nurses. No. By that point, I was probably very,
1: very cool as a 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. I was probably not watching TV with my sister anymore. <laughs> Just doing cool things
0: yeah. um, as opposed to watching Empty Nest uh, Saturday evenings. <laughs> um, so as we were alluding to, Susan Harris suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome, so she only actively produced a handful of episodes of Golden Girls one of which being the two-parter sick and tired in season five Mm -hmm. in which Dorothy suffers so greatly with exhaustion that she quits her job as a substitute teacher. Now, another uh, theme to that episode, if I remember was that she goes to a, a series of male doctors who just really tell her, like, just be happy. Just, you know, whatever. Uh, Which again, like you said, is stuff that really was not being talked about on TV back then, certainly, and not for a long time
1: since. No, and then she goes at uh, at the end when she actually finds out what's wrong. She goes and like hands the guy his ass in a restaurant.
0: Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. Uh, that's a very because uh, there's also something about her, something about her buying like a four hundred dollar bottle of champagne accidentally or something. Yeah, and then, and <laughs> then, really uh,
1: Sophia puts salt in it and says, "Ah, this is bad." And <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so let's move on now to the beloved theme song uh let's see how much you know about this what do you want to know
1: about it here we go
0: okay uh so thank you for being a friend was sung by cynthia fee actually a cover of the original by andrew gold Mm -hmm. now andrew gold what would you say is most notable other work would be
1: uh well probably most notable he wrote the theme for man about you
0: yes final frontier
1: okay uh
0: he I was going to band? include
1: that. Wasn't he in a band called like, Wax or something yes, like that? Yes, he
0: was in Wax. However, oh. I'd say his most notable and internet worthy uh, song would be this one Spooky, Scary Skeletons.
1: Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul, seal your doom tonight. So
0: a few years ago, that became a massive internet meme and was remixed Mm -hmm. and viewed by millions and millions. Um, Golden Girls theme, obviously... Oh, actually, by the way, the original version did reach number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1978. So it was of its time. It was known.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, they originally wanted... uh, They originally wanted Bette Midler's song, Friends or something like that, I believe. I don't know that one. And
0: and I'm sure it's garbage. Bette Midler has... Mm, I'll say one good song.
1: Did I touch a nerve with Bette Midler?
0: I mean, okay. Are we going to count whatever she sung on, whatever she contributed to the Hocus Pocus soundtrack? I'll give her any contributions to that. I just don't think she. I don't know.
1: You're not a midhead. Give me. I, I
0: I put her not 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 uh, correctly or honestly, but for some reason I just always compared her to Dolly Parton, and it's like, come on, you're not going to compare to that.
1: Well, um, yeah, I mean, that's because you're simple. But what I think <laughs> is uh, – <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's just to the – song. I don't even know the song Friends, but supposedly she wanted like an ass ton of money for them to use it. So that's why they went with um,
0: – And that's my other problem you know, with like, Beth Midler is that she counts by the ass. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Join the metric system. <laughs> Actually, America should too. We count by the ass. Um out the ass. Uh, Andrew Gold would die in 2011 after a bout with kidney cancer. This is the fun part of the show. While mm-hmm. Paul Younger-Witt passed away on April 27th, my birthday, 2018 at the age of 77. Uh, notably, Whit Thomas would also produce the Robin Williams films, Dead Poet Society, and Insomnia, as well as Three Kings, starring one-time Golden Girls guest star George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and B. Arthur. Uh, sorry, I meant Ice Cube. I get them confused a lot. Uh, So there is the connection. Obviously, we go back to Happy Days, uh, which obviously spun off Mork and Mindy. Uh, So you've got to assume that Paul Younger and Danny Thomas or uh, Tony Thomas probably knew Robin Williams for a very long time and then ended up producing his movies later on.
1: They probably have some sort of connection to Mork and Mindy.
0: Oh, they definitely do. Like I said, uh, there's so much tangential stuff that it's hard to fit it into a narrative here but Mm -hmm. we'll go through that at some point uh director terry hughes who directed this episode Mm -hmm. uh directed 108 episodes including this one and would go on to direct 100 episodes of third rock from the sun one episode of the golden palace that's his fault as well as the pilot to that 70s show he also directed a handful of that 80s show the spinoff uh man not good luck with this guy in spinoffs
1: well, that's funny because who, whoever took the guy who took over for that 70 shows director, he went on to direct every single episode of that show. I forget what his name is right now, but mm-hmm. he, that, that it always seems weird to me when you see that with television, like a director that, because you know, they're in and out, they'll do four here, they'll do five there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see somebody that like goes in and literally directs like a six year, seven year series, yeah, uh, you don't see that too often. No. Uh but yeah, it's funny because the, the the I didn't know he directed the the pilot of that seventy show because mm-hmm. every single episode of that seventy show, yeah, it was man, I can't believe I. Uh, can't I was remember. gonna say
0: that is the only one that that he uh, that he directed. He only did the pilot.
1: Yeah, because then the guy that did that seventy show went on to direct all the episodes of The Ranch.
0: Oh well, huh. not gonna see that much longer, are we? Uh, no, is no David Trainer the name you're thinking of? David Trainer, yes. There David you go. Trainor.
1: Yeah, Harry Hughes, though, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he's English guy.
0: Yes, yes, very British. I don't think he associates with Monty Python, Monty Python, though, so that's okay.
1: No, but I believe he also directed, uh, the Sweeney Todd version with, uh, Angela Lansbury for
0: Ooh. You know, I've never seen that, but I need to.
1: I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm a fan of theater, and, yeah. uh. Angela Lansbury is a, uh, is hes a, a legend.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is also one of nine episodes written by Martin Weiss, who would serve as a producer in 26 episodes. And the same goes for co-writer Robert Bruce, who would also go on to reunite with Winifred Hervey on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where he served as a writer and consulting producer, uh, guest star on this episode, Jay Thomas, no relation to producer Tony, perhaps best known for that- his roles. Yep of the ice hockey player and Carla's husband, Eddie LeBeck, damn shame what happened to him, on Cheers, and delicatessen owner, Remo Da Vinci, on Morgan Mindy. Did you, he is also dead.
1: Did you know that he – now, this is something I didn't know. Uh, he was a huge, like, radio guy. Yes. Yeah, I got mean, up star, until um,
0: the time he died. He yeah,
1: was he's still, got a star on the uh, Walk of Fame for radio. Yes. That's got to be like a typo. I didn't know he was like this huge disc jockey from like the seventies up until mm-hmm. the two thousands,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, he was on Sirius, like I said, up until the time he died very recently. I think it's been three years um I'd never heard him uh but i I mean I knew of him as a stand up, but i I don't think I would ever be in the market to be listening to him either.
1: I think Stern took his place in when Stern went to New York, yeah. I think that's who he replaced. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, Stern took a lot of people's places. Uh, Debella still hasn't gotten over that. Uh, Steve, let yeah. me ask you, why did you choose this show and why this episode in particular? Uh,
1: one, I, I, I'm a huge uh, Golden Girls fan. Uh, if you're not, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I think anybody that enjoys comedy in any sense of the word Uh, Should watch the Golden Girls. I I heard recently something where Bill Burr was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, which I don't listen to. So um, bless you. I I mean, I I, yeah. Uh, And he he was saying something about the Golden Girls and he was talking about, like, you know, some of the best timing. I've been saying that for years. So what I'm getting at is I'm better than Bill Burr. I would uh, say,
0: well, I, I've always assumed I've always seen you two as equals at the very least
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I actually was the first to lean on the microphone saying, You were
0: the first one to curse out A bunch of drunk Philly
1: idiots in Camden Yes, exactly Yeah, <laughs> I, said, I said, Bill, be more honest Be honest about you <laughs> Well, actually, and it
0: right. was Dom Herrera That Bill Bear went out there to defend that day oh, I, that. So, so, I think you came back
1: we, So, are we sort of Connected yes
0: golden girls. oh all of us are i mean
1: yeah uh, so but no so i i loved it as a kid i loved it i rewatched it probably i don't know a decade ago and, and i've been re-watching it during quarantine it's like after like we watch like an hour show it's like okay let's watch uh let's watch some golden girls before we go to bed because whatever and it's very soothing I, I did not i don't want to give anything away about the episode but i did not remember this episode, I remembered the pizza portion of the episode. Okay,
0: it's funny because I think I joked about that with you when you suggested this one. I was like, oh, yes, the one is a famous plot line in this, but I said, oh, the one where they do the ad.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I remember that, and then I watched it, and I immediately looked over my to my wife, and and she wasn't there. My girlfriend was there, and I was, <laughs> like, I was like, where's my wife?
0: <laughs> where's my wife, please? It's uh, a classic Bill Burr bit.
1: Yes. Well, classic Steve Bickle a uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, a
0: Bickle, uh, Bickle be a barbit.
1: <laughs> but no, I was like, so wait a minute. So what we're to gather from this is that for four seasons and 19 episodes, Rose was in fact a, I, a junkie. Yes.
0: yes. Um, now, you just alluded to it. I was going to save it for banter at the end. You said for four seasons and 19 episodes. This is uh, season four episode what, Steve? Episode 2420.
1: 420.
0: <laughs> jumped out at me and I said, oh boy, that's going to be good trivia later. Cancel it.
1: Well, you know what's funny? When, when I was going through the episodes and I saw 420, you know, my mind always goes that way. And it's a anxiety. Birthday. And I was like, oh, they're definitely doing like a spoof. They're going to do like a pot spoof. Yes. And then when I saw it, I was like, holy shit. So she's been a junkie for for what we've seen of the show, but also for 30 years. Yes. And I'm like, you know, that, I just, I mean, that blew my mind. And if you don't mind at this point, I'd like to. Um,
0: yeah. If you could uh, just keep them in sight and not down near any drains.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't want, I didn't, I didn't want to accidentally uh, knock them over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so see. No, yeah. So. If you could give
0: ahead. us a brief. TV Guide-style summary. I mean, we've kind of gotten into the the, the crux of the episode, but uh, how would you summarize this in a TV Guide-ish
1: type way? Okay, you ready? Yes. After accidentally knocking Rose's pills down the drain, the girls finally come to realize what Miami in the 80s is really all about. Sex, drugs, and cheesecake.
0: Mm. I love it. I thought you were going to say what Miami has known for 30 years and that <laughs> Rosen Island was just a, a terror, just a chunky terror who was yes. like running the black market for uh, what we can assume are opiates of some kind. They're not very specific. Um, before we started, well, I, yeah.
1: I looked it up and it was probably the, the drug that when she was prescribed it would probably be like a Vicodin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In the 70s, 60s, 50s. Yeah, probably Vicodin, Valium, it was, definitely,
1: so it was Basically, she was addicted to Oxy.
0: Yeah, 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 whatever Oxy's were then.
1: Well, uh, there was Oxy, but Vicodin was is Oxycodone okay. and, and basically uh, Aspirin or something like that, or mm-hmm. Tylenol. It's like, it's just a mix. Now, oh. OxyContin is a time-release form of uh, Oxycodone. So, oh, wow. she was essentially, I mean, call it what you will, I mean, even if it was like Percocets or anything like that, I mean... When, you know, let's just say she was she was a she was um addicted to oxy.
0: Yeah, we'll just that's what the famous uh, Robert Palmer song originally was might as well face it i'm addicted to oxy.
1: But I Betty mean it, is. it's 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 the classic sitcom of uh, you know it, so they've been living now i i forget When, when, so we're four years in at this point, Mm -hmm. but they've, I believe they've been living together before that. Like when the show starts, they, yeah, they start because I
0: looked at, I watched the pilot too. They're already living together in Blanche's house,
1: yeah. Because that's when, that's when, uh, minus uh, Rose, or or minus Sophia, yeah. Her place burns down. So they've been living with this woman all these years. Yeah. And they've never seen her.
0: Well, she's always had, I mean, It's kind of crazy. We'll we'll get into it as the episode goes along. Uh, But you will see. She does a good job. She does a good job of uh, She has her her masking things. Um, So, Steve, you are a fan of Golden Girls. Uh, Would you say you're a fan of Golden Girls any way you slice it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I probably would. uh, Would you please say the
0: words, I am a fan of Golden Girls any way you slice it?
1: I'm a fan of Golden Girls. Anyway, you slice it. Much like this cheesecake that I brought. Wow.
0: (laughs) Now, if you'll notice what I have, you have delicious cheesecake. (laughs) I also have cheesecake that I will not put in or near my mouth.
1: And Um, orange juice. Because for some reason, they're always drinking a gallon of orange juice an episode.
0: It's, it's, listen, it was definitely a thing of the times. Uh, That shit is terrible for you. Even though I drink it all the time, too. Uh, This is a game, a... Okay. It's ages 12 and up for two to four players. I like to think it's for actually zero players. It is the most convoluted thing. Um, Let me just explain to you what you get. It's you get four character cards, four tokens, 160 cards, a sticker sheet, 20 cheesecakes, one die, and one instruction sheet that is absolutely useless. Uh, I just unwrapped it. It's been sitting in my apartment for probably about two years, Uh, but since you are such a fan, I think throughout this episode, I may just give you various uh, trivia Trivia? for you to answer, and if at any point uh, you get it wrong, well, let's just say don't get it wrong.
1: Oh, well, that's a ton of pressure, but, uh, you know, I I forgot that Rose was – does it say in what season – Then we find out Rose is addicted to to oxy. It's a
0: terrible coincidence that that's what it starts with. This is all about the episode High Anxiety, uh, which I thought was actually a spoof or a shot-for-shot remake of the Mel Brooks film High Anxiety. Uh, It is not. Okay, Uh, Steve Bickle, if you are ready, uh, if you would kindly count us down, three, two, one, and then hit play, and then we will hit play and watch along together.
1: Okay, three, two, one.
0: Okay, ah uh, man, you know it's funny. So we were watching the credits, and I always just assumed that the title, the in in the opening, the font, I assumed it was yellow. You know, like every other sitcom was. Yeah, Most I, sitcoms I like Newhart are, are yellow fonts or yellow colors. The the font
1: is yellow. The, no, they're, they're they're they uh, they're white, right? Yeah, they're yeah, white. yeah. Is what is the cast? The first the first uh you know, the first season, I believe the house that they actually shot, there's two different houses. The house that they actually shot was in California and then they did a place actually So what you see now, if you're seeing the house, obviously mm-hmm. that's in Florida, which is up okay. for sale by the so way for one point five million dollars.
0: I'm actually at a commercial right now, but we'll keep talking. Uh,
1: you want me to pause?
0: Uh yeah, pause for a second. Okay. Uh go go ahead. So the house.
1: No, yes, yeah, so the house is up for sale currently if you want to buy it. It's absolutely beautiful and and where my, is this located? It's in uh it's in Miami, Florida. So they shot in Miami? No, they shot the exterior. The exteriors.
0: The but even still they didn't need to shoot the exterior in Miami. Couldn't they have just made something up? I mean, Lord well, they, knows they, the, 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 the boy meets world season, house was not an exterior of a Philly house.
1: Well the first uh the first the first season it was a house in California. Then I guess it, I mean, what did they do? I mean, what what they shoot it for five minutes and then we saw it for seven years, so it's true. Like, you know, true, it's not, it didn't.
0: Yeah, there's a bit of authenticity.
1: But, Listen, but I'm just all about goes, just
0: coming under under the budget.
1: My wife goes, I, "Oh, I bet you it looks like that," and I go, "I was like, love. Thank God you're pretty." I was like, "There's no." Way. <laughs> I was there like, is. "There's no way it looks like that." I was like, "It's just the outside of the house." It, she's like, well, maybe they filmed inside and then recreated it. I was like, why would they do that?
0: <laughs> Let's rearrange our life based on a show that maybe they've never even
1: seen. So we start in the kitchen, and I know you like kitchen entrances. Yeah. They have uh, what? They have one, two, three?
0: Um, hold on one second. I'm actually still at a commercial. I got a long ass commercial.
1: Um, but I mean, just yeah. in general, I, yes. I think they have three. Which, by the way, I know you like kitchen entrances. My, my daughters watch a show called Live and Maddie. Okay, on I'm the back. Disney Channel. Yeah. And uh, seven entrances. Good God, seven? Seven. I counted it and yesterday. what's that called? Living with Maddie? Leave, no, live, L-I-V, and yeah. Maddie. Okay, fuck Seven entrances both. into the kitchen.
0: That's insane. Now, you were saying here, we'll do our kitchen alert right away, because this is, thank God, this isn't a show that lends itself to kitchen alerts, because it's in, almost every scene takes place here. You are counting three yes. entrances and exits? I count two. I they,
1: yeah, they have three, right? Okay. No, there's one in the back.
0: The one that leads one to the their pantry area? Because yeah, that's, that's what I'm I counting.
1: i no, that one in the swinging door on the left. Which, which, by the way, no house in America has a swinging door into the kitchen. But yet What do you mean?
0: I know of a family, a blended family in uh, Port Washington, Wisconsin, that has one.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> no, uh, one every, Chicago, and one in Chicago uh,
0: and one in Philadelphia. Yeah, the Why do they the Where do they doors? exist? timey, don't
1: see Yeah,
0: only uh, in old timey westerns and uh, and sitcom sets do the swinging doors exist.
1: And I want you to also have a segment anytime a show has a, 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 a contest where they have to keep their hand on something for an extended period yes. of time.
0: Have, have, how many of those have I want... you been
1: in? <laughs> Is that <laughs> how you no, bought your I house? Is that how, how you got your house? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> That's how I got my iguana.
0: <laughs> keep your hand on the iguana. You can walk around with it, but uh, <laughs> just keep your hand on it. Uh, also, what is – it's a weird setup. They don't have enough chairs for Blanche to have the same height chair
1: as the are rest of them. Are you watching it? I am. What minute are you at?
0: I am at uh, – let me see here. I'm paused. I didn't know I'm at started. 2.33. Oh, yeah. 2.33. Yeah. Oh, did we
1: miss one of Sophie's greatest jokes about bouncing a quarter off her ass yet?
0: I'm not sure. She did the one about how she whittled, uh, how when Dorothy said she should be in, uh, in her room and she said, I whittled a gun out of soap, got yeah. past the guards. I do remember that joke too.
1: Yeah. She, um, okay. This is where they're meant I'm seeing where they're like mentioning the pills. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: So, like we were alluding to when we were talking, um, Rose is clearly stashing these around the house, but only in two locations: uh, by in the kitchen yeah. and in her bedroom. Because she says, "Maybe I still have a bottle in the bedroom." Uh,
1: so she's Well, you got you to remember too. She doesn't think there's anything wrong with what she's doing. So it's not like I don't think she's hiding. But why
0: not keep them all in the bedroom, or or all in the kitchen, or or why in separate locations then? If she's not doing anything, uh, uh, you counselor, your honor, if 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 my client is, do- wait, no, if your client, you're representing her, if your client is doing nothing wrong, why the two locations?
1: Cause you never know when you need a fix
0: from, you can't just, this is, this is a rancher. Granted, it's a rancher with a, with a terrarium in the back, mm-hmm. uh, as we see, but, um, it's <laughs> not, it's not a far walk to get to your bedroom from any location. Uh,
1: Spoken like somebody the- who's never been addicted to Oxy.
0: <laughs> where you're just wandering around, <laughs> just Wait. bumping into your faux fireplace.
1: So we did miss a great joke from uh, Sophia, one of my favorite, where she says, you used to be able to bounce a quarter off my ass. Now you'll lose a Krugeran and it creases.
0: <laughs> that's very good. Although back then, she, you know, c- 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 come on, that's Sophia, not Estelle Getty. Back in the, Estelle Getty still had a, a great ass back then. Only 62, <laughs> 63 maybe. No, 65, 66. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're getting J. Thomas, and this is clearly uh, the main storyline here. Uh, run us through this storyline here, Steve,
1: with, so, uh, uh, with uh, the Jay pizza. Thomas is uh, going to pay Sophia to shoot a commercial for this Sicilian pizza uh, restaurant, and uh, she's trying to convince them to be able to shoot it at the house. Now they're in the kitchen, where uh Rose's uh cake or souffle yes. has uh flattened and she's just losing her shit at this point. And, and now listen, I not even understand why.
0: This has been me for the last couple weeks, uh just losing my shit randomly. Uh so I kinda of wonder if I am not also addicted to a mysterious opiate. Laughter. Laughter is the opiate I'm
1: addicted to.
0: Yes I've never made a souffle before but I'm really Fucking him up now
1: You look like somebody who would fuck up a souffle Uh
0: not if it's just Full of chicken
1: fingers (laughs) Uh, A rocks Manny Young souffle yeah
0: Yes uh and Jay Thomas is all Man I'm not dealing with this crazy ass Bitch um this did also Remind me that like we said earlier this is Blanche's house uh you know, the four of them did not get a joint bank account. Did we ever find out, are they paying her rent?
1: Like, do they, they pay to.
0: rent to her? Yeah, Is she they, their they,
1: landlord and live-in landlord? Yeah, they, they they never do ever... I don't think they ever do. I mean, they do bicker about money from time to time, but it's... But it's never- only
0: because, like, they need to, like, uh you know, save their local pottery barn or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, um... So I'm I'm trying to think real quick. Oh, by the way, uh, Rue McClanahan had in her contract. She got to keep all the clothes she wore.
0: Well, thank God she did because the robe she ends up wearing, I think the outfit of the episode is her robe that she wears later. That looks kind of like a, uh, a, uh, twister board.
1: Yeah. But did you, that earlier outfit, that, that yellow jacket with the shoulder pads, I mean, yeah.
0: nothing to sneeze at, uh, I mean, B. Arthur throws some fits together. She she serves some looks.
1: Uh, She's probably not wearing shoes because she also had in her contract that she didn't have to wear shoes whenever her feet were not shown on camera. Well, she was
0: six foot seven, and she was starting for the Knicks back then too. Okay, look
1: at this real quick. If you're say, are you at the point where Rose has got the pill bottle in her hand? Yes. Okay, look at the size of the pill bottle. It's gigantic. Okay. It's, yes. Make a note of the size of that pill bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay. For for just put it in put it in your uh, okay. I
0: will. I'm going to think about that. Uh, whenever I'm not thinking of WAP, I will think of. Uh, I also think of it at the same time. I'll think of WAP yeah. and I'll think of uh, Rose Island's giant ass pill bottle.
1: What if in the WAP video, one of the rooms it was Betty White in there?
0: I mean, I think there's time for uh, the remix video to be shot. They can replace. I, I they can finally get that petition to get Kylie Jenner out and uh, not Betty White, but Rose Island in.
1: So we find out right here uh, that Betty White has in fact been addicted to painkillers for thirty years. Yes, Uh, she sustained an injury while plowing a field in
0: Saint Olaf.
1: In Saint Olaf, because the original girl who plowed the field was 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 injured, couldn't do it anymore. So she steps in to plow the field to pull uh, whatever piece of machinery, I guess, a plow. uh, Yeah, generally injures her back. To which point she's prescribed painkillers that she has now been on for 30 years, thus letting us know as a viewer that for the entire series up until episode 420, Rose has been addicted to drugs.
0: Yeah. Um, it's my thing though is that first off, universal health care yeah. for all, so she wouldn't have to go through this. And two, I don't know what kind of stuff she was getting prescribed in St. Olaf because this is obviously the same stuff. Uh, yeah. I like to think it was just that giant, comedically oversized bottle of pills that she got.
1: Look at, look once. at the pill bottle. Yeah. Look at uh, it. That's the pill bottle. She went and found it because mm-hmm. they took it. It is magically strong.
0: Yeah. It's. it's. Now, well, no. See, what I think is the deal is Rue McClanahan's hands. Are massive and she could palm a basketball. Uh, she would start opposite uh, B. Arthur. I'm at an advertisement again if you want to pause. Um,
1: okay. It's so, a delicious so advertisement
0: for McDonald's.
1: Here's the thing I mean, it's like they the shows like this, uh, this was a very successful show by season four. I mean, it, it was successful from the first season. Mm-hmm. So by season four, I mean, we're talking uh, ultra successful. Yes. They had obviously a prop master on set uh that has probably been working with the show for a very long time how do you make such a mistake by giving like a giant ass bottle of pills in the first scene and then literally 30 seconds later same bottle of pills i mean significant
0: do you uh, first off i'm not sure why they would even have two different size bottles available to even have that mistake come up Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm attributing it to the long hours, because you ever hear about how long these shows take to tape? Now, I don't know how long Golden Girls took. uh, Well, it's 23 minutes, minutes.
1: so I'm guessing, I don't know. Yes, 22 minutes.
0: That's exactly one take, they run right through. (laughs) <laughs> um but no these shows take hours and hours and hours to the point where they often will switch out the entire audience because they become so fatigued of hearing the same jokes over and over and over again with all the takes that they need a new audience like i said friends was one where like they would take for like 13 14 hours something like that because uh, they're also bad actors um Steve real quick yeah, before but- we I, i'm about to come back here i want to give you a um a, a quick trivia question okay. if you are as a uh, slice of Something here. Slice of Cake? Anyway, you slice it. That's the name of the game. Uh, Who dated a lousy... I'm back again, if you want to hit play. Um, Who dated a lousy kisser with the nickname Skipper?
1: A lousy kisser with the nickname
0: Skipper? It's a simple question, Uh, Your Honor.
1: uh, I'm going to go with... (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Rose.
0: You are correct. It is Rose. Thank Uh, you. I feel like Rose is just unfortunate in love. She never dated a Dick Van Dyke or a Jerry Orbach. And that was a great joke. Yeah, I love that where she says it was her brother Fluffy. It was her cat Fluffy and then her brother Fluffy.
1: Now, here's another thing. She says, it was my cat Fluffy. And then uh, the Arthur says, Rose, you're you're allergic to cats. Mm -hmm. When, in fact, in the first season, Rose has a cat.
0: You know what, Steve, I want you, I can give you Susan Harris's uh, personal address. Um, I want you to write this letter to her. However, I want you to use uh, magazine letters that you cut out. Uh, And I want you, that way she knows you're really invested in this. And make sure to leave your return address. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, again, okay, so here's the first look at Blanche's. Now, pretty much until the pizza scene, um, the ladies are robed out for the rest of this episode. Uh, I wanted to calculate how much time they spend on average in robes. This is a heavy robe episode, which is great. Um, Blanche's is is the best, uh, because she's also still wearing what is a bit of a naughty uh, look underneath. You know, Dorothy's going full comfy. Uh, Well, Dorothy's
1: wearing, I mean, what are the lapels on that robe? They're called handsome. Oh, It's like a it's like a hoodie robe. It is actually. That might be in style today.
0: Oh yeah, which so I guess that answers my next question: of the four robes, which would you prefer to wear?
1: Uh, Sophia's. Oh wow. Okay, I thought you were gonna go Dorothy. A big old comfy. Yeah. Now I'm not now, a robe person. I feel no, like no. Become, no, I feel like you're a robe person. Like I don't know. You got like a lot of we like you got like you're still buying porn magazines
0: i do but that's not because of that uh (laughs) cause correlation is not causation sir please
1: um i do love that that. this is where they play uh guggen spritzer yes which is a very famous game in saint olaf
0: it's no any way you slice it but it's pretty good
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to go Sophia's robe. Look at that thing. I mean, I suppose... I just want to touch her hair.
0: Well, that's a wig. As we, I mean, oh, you can course. yank it. You could yank it if
1: you'd like. Now, B. Arthur, that is not a wig. She's had that gray hair since... 1951
0: when she was on Kraft Television Theater.
1: Yeah, I mean she really went with the gray, which is also in style again. I mean, yeah. a lot of women will uh, my wife included will will now grow the uh gray out, not to that extent, but yeah. Okay, so here's Guggen Spritzer, which is mm-hmm. sort of like a monopoly. Yes. Uh, but there's only one street we find out in and Saint Olaf. And this is just
0: such a string of Saint Olaf jokes and wordplay jokes. Uh yeah. when when Rose says uh, it was the fir- their bank was the first savings and loan to go under and they said there's bad no management. Money.
1: So there's no money in the till. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, wasn't Wait, bad I love, it was a bad contract. I love when Dorothy gets mad, though, at the end at uh, Rose, because I love when she's just had, like, enough of Rose's shit, like, of, like, dumb shit, and, like, she just flips out. Which, by the way, another trivia thing there, uh, B. Arthur and Betty White actually did not really get along in real life because, uh, like, Betty White just rubbed B. Arthur the wrong way. Like, like the Arthur.
0: like, like in the corner that she did, or
1: yes, Betty okay. White goes black.
0: Um, yes, <laughs> is that because B. Arthur wasn't invited to set for uh, fun and games? She actually
1: was. They do pan over at one point, and it's and like it's just B. B. Arthur with Arthur. a stern look on her face, just disapproving. Yeah. Yeah. Stern yep. rose. Well, Betty White used to like to go out into the audience, tell jokes, make friends with people, and B. and Arthur, that's not the time. Yeah. Well, she just thought she was unprofessional and. She hated how happy she was because Betty White yeah. is like a happy person and B. Arthur is not known as a very happy person. And you know, I get it. Like people who just are always jolly and you're like, what the fuck is your problem?
0: Yeah, that's, um, well, that's me. A lot of people say that about me. I'm, I'm just too happy all the time.
1: I mean, happy isn't what I would say. I mean,
0: <laughs> so you are under oath. I'll remind you of that. Uh, Oh, and here we go, sitting around the kitchen table with a nice piece of bunt cake.
1: Yeah, I have that written down. Interesting. Bunt cake. Out of all the times that they needed a piece they of They needed cheesecake. Well,
0: I think that serves the story, as we'll see, because this cake doesn't quite do the job, whereas cheesecake would, uh, to get to our ultimate end here. Uh But yeah, bunt just won't do. Now, what time would you say this is? Because during this scene, it becomes morning. Um, So we're looking at, you know, their East Coast time, let's say. I mean, I don't know if it happens earlier down there in different seasons or what. But this is probably about five in the morning, maybe.
1: Maybe uh, four or five in the morning. Yeah. Uh, And they're eating bunt cake. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with that, and here's the thing: I will give oh, my kids a piece of cake in the morning, and when people say anything, I go, "Well, then, what the hell is the donut?"
0: Exactly.
1: So, what if you can eat a donut for breakfast? Why can't you eat a piece of cake for breakfast? Yeah.
0: Um, if yeah. So really, there's just no rules to anything. Life is meaningless.
1: Well, it's Miami in 1989. I mean,
0: life life was not expected to see 1990. No, This was supposed to be the act. Yeah, that, yeah, Blanche really has so, a yeah, great they're, they're,
1: they're Well, I like how they're like, if we get her through a night, like she's kicked a 30-year habit. Well, I of-
0: think it's just that, like you said, she's trying to go cold turkey. She's doing the one day at a time thing. Uh, they don't have the information that we have in these days and ages. Uh, by that, I mean the multiple days and ages we're currently living in. Um so, you know, they're just trying to do the best with what they know, although you would think Dorothy as a substitute teacher, as a as a teacher for many, many years, and Rose has her background in grief counseling, she herself would be somewhat aware enough that that's not going to be enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was, there were addiction programs. I mean, let's, it's not 1950, uh, I mean, right. it's 30 years Which ago. Which
0: was when Rose became addicted.
1: Yeah. So, it was well, literally. 59, yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, this is another, like we were talking about earlier, about like Susan Harris. I don't know what other shows at this time were dealing with pill addictions. And then literally from then on, dealing with pill addictions. uh, Yeah,
0: Especially too, though, for someone her age, you know, of Rose's age.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, you know, if you know anything about, you know, like we talked about the fifties and all, I mean, half the, uh, the, the, what they called the housewives back then were all freaking addicted to, um, diet pills, which was yeah. basically methamphetamine. Yeah. You know, it was, it was nothing but meth. So, I mean, you know, we have there, there is a long history obviously of, uh, pill addictions, uh, but you know, nobody was tackling it. As a as a recovery, recovering from it, like this show was. I mean, obviously, um, you know I, what Miami Vice was on at the time. Uh, God, wouldn't that be
0: was, sick if Tubbs and Crockett burst thought and, there should have been a and crossover. just beat the shit out of Rose?
1: All joking aside, always thought there should have been a Miami Vice crossover. But those guys well, were just yeah. too, too cool right? to do so. I guarantee they t- talked about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, they could have had like a cool you know in the air tonight playing for uh for the golden girls so yeah we're at the uh, the pizza scene where uh yep. it's it, i love that you see this coming the joke at the end the punchline at the end coming a mile away when the yeah. other actress is brought in when you mm-hmm. see her there and that she knows Dorothy's line uh but you see, i love rosie uh sophia uh just flat out tells her she stinks yeah. Dorothy just states. Yeah. and the sultry had. the sultry look she gives the camera when she's told to make love to it
1: yeah, they, they Sophia does not suffer fools
0: uh, <laughs> no uh, and we find she has her own set of principles too, in a little bit uh and I relate to this as someone who thinks about everything he says twenty different times before he says it that Dorothy just will not use improper grammar or improper English yeah. Um, yeah. I get that you don't you don't want to you don't want to make a fool of yourself on. I was going to say local advertisements, but this is a national chain.
1: National, yeah, because they make a point to say it's a national.
0: Yeah. And but now, they, yeah. Steve, you've done some mm-hmm. acting. Your wife is an actress. Um, do directors and writers, when they are on the set, they generally enjoy when you have notes for them, right? Of how <laughs> you would write this and how you would
1: shoot this. That's why that's so out of character. Like, like Dorothy's character, would, I mean, she's a very intelligent person. Well, she she's is,
0: not an actress, though.
1: Yeah, but you she's know? never a million years. Actually, though, there is the uh, I, I believe there's the uh, Henny Penny or whatever episode where they do put on a children's uh, theater show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and there we, we just
0: got the the payoff of Dorothy being cast as the waitress yeah. with no lines and just slamming the, the, pizza
1: comes at yeah, the pizza down. yeah, she throws a pizza down.
0: <laughs> and Sophia just cannot bring herself to say it's good
1: what, what does she say it tastes like I forget oh uh,
0: I think we'll see it yeah
1: somebody has a pizza <laughs> somebody money has pizza uh, a slime on a shingle <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm and Dorothy me. brings up it's a nationwide commercial now suddenly Dorothy wants Sophia to to betray her own uh, yes, you know
1: her own instincts. I didn't, I didn't catch that juxtaposition of of that, which mm-hmm. is a very good catch uh, yeah. by the way, I think any time for some reason, I feel the need to say juxtaposition uh when I do a podcast of yours.
0: It's very good it's Isn't I was it working i it was a minute away from me saying it,
1: yeah. Wait, that, so now we're at the scene where she, she catches uh, Rose taking uh, a pill, and we find out that it's – the joke is that it's a Flintstone vitamin. Which she probably shouldn't funny, be taking. But she's also taking it with water.
0: <laughs> yes. They're yeah, ch- those
1: are chewables. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't showables. care if it's Fred, Barney, Bam Bam, Patty, Betty Wilma. You can chew them bitches.
1: Yeah. So I wonder if like they really, uh, did that on purpose. Like that was supposed to be funny that she was taking it with. Oh, you
0: know what? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Than the the writers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's probably true.
1: Uh, Weiss and Bruce. Yes. Writing duo.
0: Uh, now, this is, this is good. Uh, this is where, you know, this is very advanced for its time and for now, where Rose just says, you know, she has to want to change, essentially. Yes. She has to take the first step, and she makes the call. Uh, Dorothy, looking stern, as ever <coughs> watching her. Um, now, I did not, the first time watching this, watch realize that a month had passed, um, which we find out, which is very good. Uh, which was the average time back then? You know, as a reference, yeah, you go, yeah, go to the Betty Ford Clinic for thirty days or so. Um, oh God, this is so great! Where Sophia just lights up, uh, Blanche.
1: Oh, another weight joke.
0: Now that yeah, now that's what I was thinking when you said that. Now, granted, this is season four, episode twenty. Four twenty, it. I,
1: I she was I, just talking at her ass when she gave that interview.
0: I, I think we can we can confirm that Estelle Getty is a confirmed liar.
1: You got to read this quote. It's absolutely like I, I, and it wasn't presented like a joke. And I'm thinking she makes fun of Rose for being dumb the entire series. True. All she does is take, like she was trying to say like, yeah, I have a biting humor and she's always cracking wise, but it's, it's never to hurt someone's feelings. And I'm like, that's hurt a ton of people's feelings.
0: So I guess you could say Estelle Getty or Sophia, if you will. Sophia Petrillo is a comedian. She takes the risks. She pushes boundaries. And if she, if anyone is actually offended by what she says, she's
1: sorry. I'm currently eating the cheesecake.
0: <laughs> That's very good. Uh, while you're eating that, and, uh, oh man, um, and this is also a great run of Saint Olaf jokes, where uh, you know Sophia yeah. says, "You got the monkey off your back." She says, "I Rose says I never had a monkey. I had, a, had a, monkey. a a chicken." Uh, he could sing show tunes like no one else. No no one could hold a candle to him. Of course, his chickens didn't like to be around open flames. <laughs> he had two left wings. Uh, just to pan out, like you see, uh, Dorothy's, they're all just sick of her shit at this point. They're all just, you know, done with it. They're like, you know what, we'd like you better when you were hopped up on the goofballs.
1: I like where she says... <laughs> The funniest line is where she says, I've seen a lot of poultry do show tunes.
0: Yes. I mean, it just (laughs) keeps going on. So Gilbert and Sullivan.
1: (laughs) I've seen a lot of poultry do show tunes.
0: It's just that, that alone, most shows don't have absurd things like that in them. And this was every episode just from one character alone.
1: I think we definitely need it like a, um, a special message at the end of that episode
0: uh, yeah i I guess just because the audience that it's intended for, you know,
1: like maybe a helpline number at least maybe,
0: or well, I mean, should we have had like Nancy Reagan pop in like she did on different strokes?
1: <laughs> what if there was like a helpline number and we called it right now and it was, it was Betty White.
0: Oh, it was Betty White and she's just <laughs> been she signed a 40-year contract and she can't die <laughs> until all these helpline questions are answered.
1: This is her she needs to be set free. Yeah, she's just like, "What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you smoking?"
1: So give me uh, another should... uh, give me another trivia question.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Steve Okay, well, this is probably... Obvious. According to Blanche, who lost the stuffing out of his comforter?
1: Who lost the stuffing? No,
0: according to Blanche.
1: This is for uh, roughly one I, 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 cardboard cheesecake. Was, was it her husband?
0: No, it was familial, though. That would be Big Daddy.
1: Big Daddy? Yeah. Played uh, by two different actors? Played, I you know, so. the first. The first guy to play Big Daddy was uh, the mayor in Jaws. I forget what his name is. Oh,
0: yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I know him, yeah. He
1: then died of lung cancer, like, very soon after that episode. Mm. And then the second actor to play him, I I didn't even recognize that guy, uh, and then he dies on the show. Um, Good Lord. So there were two actors to play Big Daddy. The curse of Big Daddy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Steve, I can award you uh, one cheesecake, I think. (laughs) Uh, A blueberry cheesecake is what I can award you for that. Um, But then, because you did bad too, I'm going to have to give you a naughty whatever cheesecake this is. I'm going to say cherry, but it just looks like a giant sack of shit. Um, So you have to eat both of them before we finish this uh, immediately. Uh, See, what... well, so you said you actually had not watched this episode in a long time. Uh, you didn't really remember the crux of it. Uh do you think this episode I think I know your answer, but do you think this episode still holds up?
1: Oh yeah right one hundred percent um i think I think you know I think they gave us the information that they had at that time. Mm-hmm. I think that they could have had an outside character be the drug addict, I don't think, I think it was a, what made it so memorable and a little odd is that it was Rose. It was a main character and it makes you go back and kind of question a lot of things and also go, well, how could that be? Uh, you know, they never once in all these years asked what pills you, I mean, if I lived with you for friggin' six months and you were taking pills every day, I would probably say, Hey, you know, what are those pills are you taking? And, um, you know, so that's weird, but I think what they were trying to get across worked, I do think that they could have done, like, a special, like, um, like a guest, like, maybe one of their kids come in, mm-hmm. and we find out he's addicted to pills, something like that, because, I mean, at the end of the day, they were just trying to get the message across of, you know, helping people who might be addicted to uh, pain medications, and uh, to use a main character, I think, was a little weird, but I think the show you know, definitely holds up. I think it definitely got its message across and I don't think it's like really weird now at this point. Like, it's not like, Oh my God, you know, they told her to drink salt water or something like that. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. Yeah. There's no old timing cure. So there's no yeah. like, you know, yeah, you deserve this. You're a bad.
1: No, they uh, did what you would do today. You have to go to rehab.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to seek professional help. Uh, and you know, yeah, they also, they showed that, you know, you can't beat this on your own.
1: You know, and it's very, do, very uh, difficult. They they do do the which was said twice in the show because if you remember there's there's a second addiction in the house do you know what that is uh no what Dorothy is addicted to gambling
0: oh I did not know that I don't remember that
1: so they had also an episode on that and they do that they say almost the exact same thing at the end where they go hey you're back you're cured and they go I'll never be cured.
0: Yeah, well, that's, yeah, we didn't mention that when it was happening. When Rose comes back and Blanche says, you're cured, and she does say, I'll never be cured. And like you said, they mentioned that in the Dorothy thing. That's yeah. so important to, to, to say,
1: especially back then. Yeah, and yeah, but it's it's just funny because they both say, like, the same thing. Oh, you're cured, and they, I'll never be cured. And, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, great episode. I mean, I, I, I the, even when they say the show supposedly was going downhill – Uh, in the uh, seventh season I don't really find that to be true it might have been getting a little uh, stale Mm -hmm. but I think the writing on that show and like you listed off the writers on that show I don't think that I don't think that they produced a bad show ever I mean I don't think they were capable of producing a bad show.
0: No. Uh, by the way, my Hulu started playing the next episode, and we get to see Dreyfus, the giant-ass abominable snowman dog uh, that, that comes in and bothers yes. uh, the Golden Girls.
1: Uh, That's but, the episode where she, she thinks she loses him, and she goes and gets another one, and then Dreyfus comes back. pretty impressive to find control.
0: Yeah, not, not one, but two of those dogs in Miami. It must have been that hell. Look, yeah. yeah.
1: That look identical. Exactly, yes,
0: uh, Steve Bickle, thank you so much for coming on and talking sit
1: oh, it, as I always say it was uh it was my pleasure just to be on a caliber show like this that can be found on wherever you find podcasts. Uh, it's just That's where it is i mean it's it's a highlight it's a highlight of my eight o'clock hour. Wow, thank you very much, Steve Bickle. <laughs>
0: Join us next week for another exciting edition of Talking Sit. And if you would like to be a guest, email talkingsitpod at gmail.com with the show and episode you would like to cover. Goodbye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.